Job ready? Employer says yes. This programme is presented by Eduvate. Education and innovation. I am in V-Chips talking to Lee Clark today. Lee, you are the cadet training manager. What's a cadet training manager? Well, basically, I have the overview of our cadet officers. So uh, any officer or cadet that is training to be either a deck officer, which is, of course, navigation, uh, engineering officer, dealing with the ship's engine, and an electrical technical officer, which is an up-and-coming sort of officer. They're only relatively new within the industry, and that deals with anything electronical or technical or computers on board the vessel. Fascinating. What's a cadet? What's that term meaning in modern day? Well, a cadet officer is the very, um, it's, a tr- it's an officer in training. So they're training to be uh, third mates or third engineers or ETO uh, officers. And a cadet basically is, is a person that's in training for three years at a nautical college here in the UK. And how would they identify that they want to be a cadet? Does this happen in school? Does this happen at secondary school? Where in their lives do they know, oh, I might become a cadet? Historically, it comes from family connections. Obviously, the maritime industry, we're in Britain, we're an island nation, vessels come in and out of our ports every second of the day. So either we mostly see our cadet um, candidates coming from the south of England, Dover, Southampton, Plymouth, or even here in Glasgow, we're a massive port, Liverpool. Um, Internally, uh, we see a lot of candidates coming from sea cadets. So the the cadet forces, obviously, they're aware of what they do within the Royal Navy and the Merchant Navy. Um, so sometimes it comes from young ages, but sometimes it just comes across them as a total surprise. They've never even thought about this um, going to sea concept or being in the maritime industry. And they've either seen an advert or um, a careers at sea poster by the UK Chamber of Shipping and the video. And all of a sudden they've gone, well, hang on a minute, that's what I want to do. Um, and that's where we see all of a sudden them coming in and contacting the companies like ourselves. So you train them. What does training involve? Well, obviously, I'll give you a deck officer, for example. Okay. Um, A deck officer will ultimately lead to the master of the ship or captain. So the training involved is very, very specific, very, very intense. But as a cadet, within the three-year process, you're in five phases. Phase one, three, and five, you'll be in a nautical college. The studies, for example, you'll be studying will be navigation, so celestial navigation, learning how to use a sextant, learning how to plot a position from point A to point B safely. You'll be learning meteorology. You'll be learning cargo work. You'll be learning um, different elements of uh, stability. Obviously, a ship has to keep upright, but when you continue to load it with heavy things, you know, obviously, gravity works. So you're trained to deal with things. You're also trained, ultimately, to be for firefighter, first aider, um, lifesaver. So a deck officer in roles encompasses a lot of, of, of things. And ultimately, leadership. You know, you will be a master of a ship one day. And, and throughout that period, we're guiding you to become the best you can be. This seems to me a thought process which not every young person walking along the street has ever thought about we are an island nation we must need ships and so on so 
What is it that you do to train them? What do you do on a day-to-day basis? Mentoring. Basically, what we do is ensure that they have all the tools that are requirement to be a a good officer. So there's a team of three here in the office, and we have teams in in Manila and India as well. And what we do is we guide them, we give them assistance, we organize all their travel to and from the vessels, we organize their training record books, we check their training record, make sure that they're on the, the right path, make sure they're up to speed. And basically, we're here to ensure that everything that they require is is there for them. And one of the big pushes we're doing at the moment is mental health. Mental health is one of our big key uh, elements that we're bringing into training. Um, it's something that, you know, you think back and think, well, how come we've not been doing this for years? And it's becoming more and more evident. And what we're finding is certainly youngsters they're not equipped to go and be in the situations of being on board a, a massive big container ship in the middle of Hong Kong. So we guide them and give them the tools and make sure that they're not just physically fit to go to sea, but they're mentally fit to be to sea. They're comfortable in their own skin. They, they are driven. They're passionate about what they're doing. And we guide them along those paths. So is this mental health issue, and, and I would have to say personally, congratulations to the company for taking this on board. But... Is this something which is more acute because young people have to go to sea in that way rather than working in a on shore? Yeah, well, obviously here in the office, if we had to identify that somebody had a mental health issue, we could then take them to uh, a mental health practitioner and they would seek the, the help that they need. If you're on board a vessel, the ship's not going to stop, the trade's not going to stop because they've identified yourself with a mental health issue. And one of the scenarios that we do face on a, on, on a regular basis is that when a 17 and 18 year old goes to sea, that's where it comes out because obviously they are dealing with loneliness, they're dealing with the four walls of their cabin closing in very quickly. They're dealing with scenarios that they've never been involved in before. You know, being on board a bridge is very, very stressful, or being in the engine room can be very stressful during under under scenarios such as an engine failure or or being under pressure to be in port at a certain time. All of a sudden, they're not equipped. And, and we're finding youngsters now very, um, very ill-equipped to deal with pressures of life and what we're finding is that we're having to four years ago five years ago when i started this the main aims of a cadet training manager were making sure their academics were up to date and that they were in college and they were attending we've evolved so much further from there and training managers are having to deal with a lot more issues in terms of mentoring now so we're dealing more with with sort of mental health issues when they go on board all of a sudden they're finding themselves alone they're finding themselves and they can't sometimes they can't go to the master the master is traditionally seen as as a god and and what we're finding is the master the captain of the vessel that's right yeah Yeah. so all of a sudden and and what we're finding also they're not equipped to deal with these things because they they again are very traditional they're a captain they are dealing with disciplinary issues and making sure that ship all of a sudden they're having an 18 year old that will come up and say look i'm not feeling right well are you will well, no actually it's, it's it's more of a mental thing whoa what do we do here so we're also supporting the officers we're also making sure the masters know that they can contact us and we can then give them the best tools available we're also very lucky to have marlins which is our e-learning 
package down on the first floor and they're actually constructing a mental health package for our officers and for for our crew that we talk about it and one of the main things we're doing at the moment even at recruitment process one of the reasons why also it's becoming more prevalent is that they're not announced they're not talking about it at recruitment Mm. so when they come to us and say right uh, you know um, I want a career at sea um, all that's required is passing an ENG1 medical but that's all your physical aspects of your body, making sure that you can see, you're not colorblind, making sure you're breathing and making sure your heart's ticking. There's nothing about mental health. And what we're finding is that the cadets, once they're a cadet and they're going on board, these things are becoming, and then we're going, why didn't you tell us? And their answer is, well, would you give me a job if, I, if you found out that I had mental health issue? We're changing that. We're saying, yes, we would. We would then be more equipped and the, we would be more prepared for when you join a vessel. We'll be able to put things in place. Mental health is very common now and we can't discriminate and we will help. That's the key word. It doesn't matter in the recruitment process if you have these things, we are there to help. You mustn't mask it, you mustn't, you must talk about it. So these are the things that we're putting in place now, certainly at V-Ships, to make sure that our seafarers and our cadets are all prepared for all aspects of going to sea. We're talking here about going to sea and it's an essential part of a cadet's life that they spend time at sea. How do you envisage that carrying on in terms of the future of the industry? Do you think that seagoing is going to be as prevalent, as important as it is now? The the industry is changing a lot as well. And what we're finding is that when you're a cadet, that's the start of your path in the maritime industry. So the industry's changed from going for a career at sea, we're now changing to a career in the maritime industry. Because we're finding that we're losing a lot of talent. We're losing a lot of... Officers traditionally think that when they reach captain, chief engineer, that that's the end of their career. That's the, that, the cap. But now we're finding that that's not the case. I'll give you an example here within our own office. We have our procurement team that do all aspects of procurement for the vessels in terms of engine parts, um, stores, anything that the vessel requires. We have our accounting team, which is a vast cog in this industry. And, and you know we can do more with that. We have our business development team. We have our ship superintendents. We have our IT team. Now, these are all specialties that we can bring in and it's all they're all part of the maritime industry. But when it comes back to the cadet, you can go to sea, you can get your chief mate's ticket or you can get your master's ticket. The pathway from um, cadet to master could be 10 years. That's it. So if you're starting at 17, you can then be a master by the age of 27. So a captain of a ship at 27. And we do have captains of those ages now in our industry. So they'll go to sea for another 10 years, but then the shoreside beckons and there's so much more they can do from surveying, lecturing, um, brokering, anything that they do within the maritime industry. So you're saying that there's perks in joining the industry. It's an interesting industry. There's a lot going on, but there's also progression and the sort of progression within the industry that was not envisaged previously. No, the, the, it was it was capped at when you went to sea. That was it. You couldn't. There was no other pathway. Now that's just been blown open, and, and now the the 
you know, at 27, you could be a master or chief engineer, go to sea for 10 years. By the age 37, you're then progression will come ashore. And you've also got to remember that one of the great perks of this job is that sometimes you're only working half a year. So you can do half a year at sea and then the rest of the time you're actually off because most of our officers do two months on, two months off. So, there, you know, there's a lot more progression in, in, in that sort of sense. Coming ashore has so many more doors opened. And this is what I found when I became an officer and when I came ashore that everyone thinks their certificate of competency as a deck officer is just for going to sea. It's not. There's so much more you can do with that ticket. So it, it, it's, it's much more now being a career at sea to a career in the maritime industry. So how did you get to where you are, Lee? You're talking in quite uh, broad terms, informed terms about the industry. How did you get to where you are now? You hold the rank of captain. captain. Yes. So I started at sea. Um, I started at 18. It's funny, I, I talked about how sometimes, you know, um, family connections and, and, and that they've known from a young age. I was actually meant to go to Stellenbosch University to do psychology. And um, I came to England uh, for a Christmas period. And all of a sudden, um, I found myself on board a ferry, the Ben McCree, running from Haitian to, to uh, sorry, from Alaman to Haitian. And uh, my grandfather's a captain. Uh, I didn't have a connection with him. I lived in South Africa. And I call it my light bulb moment. And my light bulb moment was where he could see at 18, I was, I was unsettled. I just wanted to go back to Cape Town. I wanted to start my university. I was all excited. All of a sudden I found myself on the bridge and I found the word saying, how do I do this? This is what I want to do. And my grandfather thought I was joking, but I was dead set. All of a sudden at school, I was guided by, by careers advisors saying, look, you know, since you've been at school, these are your marks, they're really good, but you know, we're thinking you should do this. At 18, you're thinking, okay, I trust these people, you know. All of a sudden, I found my own path. And I was, and, and it was, it was something just struck me on the bridge. And I was like, how do I do this? Um, so obviously, I had to have a rethink. And my grandfather and my parents were like, right, well, I'll get you a job for a year. So a summer season on, on the Steam Packer Company. I did a pot boy. I did catering. What's a pot boy? So I cleaned pots. Oh. I was in the galley and I was cleaning pots. It was the happiest time of my life because I was most of the time I found myself wandering up to the bridge and, and, and that's where I wanted to be. And in September uh, 2003, uh, I enrolled at uh, Fleetwood Nautical College um, and that was the start of my path. I went to sea for a couple of years uh, and then I decided um, an opportunity came within the company that I could look at the cadets and, and that's what I did. So for me, it's been an incredible path and one that I wouldn't change whatsoever. Uh, and it all started being a cadet. How would you describe your skill set then? Because it seems to me that on the one hand, you will have pretty precise skills necessary for health and safety, for running a vessel properly. But on the other hand, you're going to have to have a set of interpersonal skills, which themselves have to be set at this time and not skills that might have been relevant in 20 years ago. My skill set changes <laughs> all the time. Hmm because I'm having to adapt to an industry that's changing. So for me, 
I was trained to be a deck officer, I was trained to be a captain. And then all of a sudden, I'm finding myself having to totally change that skill set into being able to be adaptable is number one, being approachable. And one of the things that we have to sort of do within my job is make sure that the cadets feel comfortable to come and talk to me. And that's one of the things within V-Ships that we've, every single one of my cadets, I know by name. They know that they come and speak to me. We do extra things above and beyond what we know, what a normal cadet training provider would do. And that's important, but mainly I'm having to adapt to them because they are, an 18 year old is not an 18 year old that was when I was 18 or old or when you were 18 old. By the time they're what, 21, the change in them is phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Tell me more. What sort of change? First of all, they're grown up. Within three years, they've they've just blossomed into these very responsible young people. We always say to the parents that we we took a boy or a girl and we've given you a man and a woman back. And the one of my proudest moments is being at their graduation, because what we like to do is show them a picture of when they started and when they've ended, and just the change is immense. They're confident. They 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 understand responsibility. They've seen you know they've seen this all in action. And when they board a vessel, one of the key things that you've got to remember is as soon as they get their certificate of competence, they're given a bridge for 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 eight hours a day. They are responsible for some of the biggest pieces of machinery in the world. And you can you can see without a doubt that change in them. And it's an amazing, it's an amazing thing to see. Um, and they become responsible citizens within our community. You know, we, I always say to the cadets that when they go off to the Nautical College, they, they're called, they, you know, some of, the, some of the universities, they're called students. And trying to tell them that actually you're a student, but you're an officer in training. And that keyword is officer. And you're going to have a stripe. And we always say that the, the cadet stripe goes across the shoulder. Shoulder. All of a sudden, they're given a diamond. And the weight of that diamond is amazing to see on their shoulders. So, it, yeah, it, it changes. Uh, so my skill set is patience, probably a big one. <laughs> you have to be patient. You have to be adaptable. Uh, and I, and I, I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly learning in this job. And when you're advising young people and they say, oh, I don't know if I'm good enough, what do you think I should have? Are you stressing this flexibility? Are you stressing IT skills? Where does your emphasis place? Where is it placed in terms of advising young people? At the moment, it's very much black and white. And we're having to change that quite rapidly with, as our industry changes. So the present moment, we look for maths, physics and English. As we go further along and as we're developing the future cadet and the future skill sets that we require, maths is number one important. That, that's the key thing. But I always say that a CV is only 50% of you. And sometimes a CV doesn't reflect actually who you are. So one of the main things that we do is that we bring them into V-Ships and we have a full day. And yes, okay, you've got the maths and, and the, the physics to go to college, but what else do you bring to the table? So have you been involved in Duke of Edinburgh? Have you been involved in cadet forces? Have you been involved in charity work? 
what else? And sometimes I, whenever somebody asks me for advice, I always say that you need to, you need to display those. And, and one of the main things is, is how do you interact with other people? How do you um, make yourself more approachable and become an officer? So even from an early age, we're looking for leadership skills. You know, we're looking for the person to first put up their hand. We're looking for, but not just that. Sometimes the quiet people are the ones that really hide hidden talents and the ones that will sit in the back. And the more you dig into it, the more that you find some of the most amazing officers. Because we always say that the deck officer is normally the one that's at the front, rah, 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 you know, what can I do there? But an engineer is the one that's at the back quietly just assessing everything, thinking about it. And if you put that, you know, if you put something in front of them, they'll be able to do it in a, in a seconds, whatever you want them to do. So. In that aspect, everyone brings something different to the table, and that's what we're looking for. We're looking for someone that that's um, more than just what's on their piece of paper. And young people, regardless of their their colour, their gender, their their approach, come feel comfortable in applying through cadetships to go at sea. One of the things that's great about our industry is that we're so diverse. So. For example, a, a, a British cadet will find himself with a Ukrainian master, an Indian chief engineer, a Filipino bosun, and we, you know, obviously we have now female masters within our company. The industry is changing. It's not as fast as we would like it to be because the the industry is very male dominated, but that is changing. But we're open to change. We're not trying to fight against that. Um, and for example, I, I'm a gay, I'm a gay officer, and, and I didn't have any issues because the industry is so changing and evolving um, that it, we're progressing and we're a lot more tolerant. We're a lot more tolerant because at some point you're going to be like 18 people on board a vessel and you have to live on that vessel for four months. So you do learn a lot of, of, of different other skills, tolerance um, in, in different cultures, and you have to be open to more cultures as well, which is great. Looking at vessels themselves, how important is cybersecurity when you're looking not only at passenger vessels, but also container ships? Well, even when you're looking at just a, a bog standard container vessel, bulk carrier, the amount of data that these vessels are generating is, is huge. Uh, once a day, we're receiving what we call a noon report from these vessels across the globe. So bearing in mind that we could have a thousand vessels at sea right now, the amount of data that we're receiving and having to, to analyze and, and, and work out is huge. And one of the main sort of focuses for, for shipping companies now is cybersecurity and actually how vulnerable are our vessels out there. And this is why certainly within V-Ships, our IT department are constantly trying to figure out what one step ahead. I mean, the thought process of, of for example, a shipping company having to apply uh, or employ someone within cybersecurity, even five years ago, was not even thought of. But it took one large container ship to be actually hacked and for that information and data to be stolen, that the shipping industries went, well, hang on a minute, we've got these very sophisticated ships that are all of a sudden wide open. So somebody's just given a hacker a key because we've not thought about 
firewalling our vessels. We always think about safety of our vessels and, and, and piracy, actual the physical threat of piracy of Somalia or West Africa. But no one's thinking about, well, hang on a minute, our vessels are connected. Our vessels are connected to, to our offices. They're connected to the industries that support this, the engines. Actually, how vulnerable are they? And this is another part of our industry. What about cybersecurity? What about programming? What about the digital skills? Our engineers are not being taught that at the moment. Our engineers are physically being taught to take apart an engine. They're not being taught, all right, the software is important. How is that software being connected to outside or networking? So when we're looking at our future cadet, when we're looking at all these sort of different elements, certainly within the engineering department for our engineer cadet, cybersecurity, important. Digital skills, so important. Programming, understanding. What happens if that computer breaks at sea? What happens if a hacker takes over the bridge? What happens if, you know, and all of a sudden, you're, you, you're not in control of your own ship. But if we teach our, our deck officers to be able to understand what is actually happening, counteract it, if it means switching off the computer, how are we going to navigate that vessel? Understanding that, but they're prepared for it. These are the things that we need to look at for the future. I've been talking with Lee Clark, and he's given us this most fascinating overview of the industry and how a cadet might work within that space. To finish with this, Lee, how do you see the future of the industry evolving or perhaps having a, a an industrial revolution. How do you see that? Well, this is the bit that I'm really most excited about because we're now approaching autonomous age. Now, you mentioned autonomous age in our industry and everyone starts to panic. They think of job losses. They think of um, deterioration of our safety ethics. They, they it, it's, it's quite, um, they think it's imploding and they think it's being ripped apart by autonomy. But they don't see the benefits to this. And this is what's changing now. People are actually recognizing that the autonomous age is, is exciting. And what we're doing is we're not going to have to get rid of people. We're gonna to have to retrain and reskill people. And people need to be open to this. Our future officers that we're talking about, so we have a project here at V-Ships called Cadet X, which I lead. So Cadet X, bearing in mind that this cadet is not even born yet, okay, and we're talking about technology that's not even conceived yet. But we have to think that forward ahead because we have autonomous vessels. We have two in the water at the moment. So we have two autonomous vessels. Meaning the that there are no humans on board? No humans whatsoever. They're operated by a control center. They, we envision that this is going to be our future within 50 years, not within the passenger industry, cruise ships, passenger ships. We're talking about cargo vessels, primarily probably uh, bulk and container. But the, the human element is always going to be there. And the deck officer on the engineering officer are going to have to become operators and how we identify. So our future skill set's gonna change. So we're looking at more digital skills, soft skills, meta skills. How are we going to adapt that? What is our cadet of today going to be captain of tomorrow? And we need to be prepared for that. And this is what we're doing with Cadet X. And what we envision with Cadet X is probably around about 70% an ETO or an electrical technical officer, and then 5% engineering officer, 25% deck because even if within the next 50 years 
manning of level uh, of ships is going to come down. So we need to start preparing to make sure that the human is still relevant in an autonomous age. So we need to make that and we need to have the syllabus in place. And this is what we're talking about. Uh, for example, at the Honorable Company of Master Mariners in June, we've got a future skills conference. This is what we're talking about. What are the skills going to be of someone that's not even born yet? And this is what's exciting because we need to embrace it. We need to talk about it and we need to make sure that we're ready because at the end of the day, technology is marching well ahead. I mean, technology is just on its way and we're not, as an industry, we're not ready. We're not ready for it. And, and sometimes the things that are stopping us is legislation. Um, you know, obviously our industry is so focused on safety. What are the safety aspects of having an autonomous ship roaming the oceans? Collision regulations. What happens if this autonomous ship meets a manned yacht? How, are the, how is the ship going to interact with, with, with manned vessels? So these are things that but we need to start talking about it. We need to start getting this out there going, right, blank piece of paper, what do we need? And this is what Cadet Excel is all about and we're very excited about it. I've been talking with Lee Clark. We have listened to, of course, a fascinating exposition uh, of what it's going to be like at sea for young cadets. But I believe, too, that this is a very important contribution. Thank you indeed, Lee. Thank you. You'll find us online at eduvate.biz. Job ready. Employer says yes.